test, 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 one, two. All right, so we're at 7.15. I'm just going to turn on the stream so people know that we're live anyway. Arcade Radio is streaming right now. All over the floor. (laughs) I'm refreshing the YouTube page, but there's something severely wrong with my Wi-Fi right now, and I'm not... I'm not getting connected, so... I do... I want to try one thing with this power connector before we go totally live. We're already totally live. <laughs> but do it. Yes! Do it! Do it! <laughs> uh, this is the technical part of the show. This is the part where I tie... Boy, it's even louder than it was. It's worse. It's airplane. It, oh, yeah, it's great. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Everybody do your best lightsaber. Wow. <laughs> if you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. It was a terrible Ben Kenobi. Terrible. It's the best one ever. I think. No. <laughs> well, I think Dan's going to be late to the show tonight, so who cares, right? We'll be fine. We don't need I him. can I can pretend to be Dan. <laughs> hey, gents. Hey, gents. Hey, That's not... You got to have a really low voice. Really? Hey. Hey, gents. <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> hey, pals. He says pal. Does he? Yeah, he loves to say pal. Okay. Hey, pal. Hey, pally. Hey, pal. Hey, pally. See? Hey. Uh-oh, no. no I've done that cold <laughs> we, we did that a long time ago. Shall we play a game? From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Seriously, Gar? <laughs> Seriously, what did it break? What is going on? It was like so... The, 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 it's so loud now. I won't move. <laughs> <laughs> For the next 45 minutes. Say exactly where you are. Shall we play a game? From KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Arcade Radio. Welcome to episode 18 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, June 29th, 2017, and the time is now approximately 7.21 p.m. Central. Thanks for joining us, fellow Arcaders in the Arcadosphere. This is your host, Commander Adorable. The legendary Dan Reed joins me tonight, along with the temporal displacement expert, Mr. Mark Timerunner Shields. The guest of tonight's Arcade Radio Podcast is Gar of the Garcade. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. 
Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on. I mean, I met you over at uh, the MGC um, probably a couple years ago, and then last year just kind of reintroduced myself, and you were apparently starting up an arcade of some sort in um, some little city in Wisconsin, which we will get to in the interview. What do you think about that? Some of us will need help saying the city name, like Menominee? Menominee. <laughs> Menominee. We love crazy names here. Good. Menominee. Welcome. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are, Mr. Gar? Sure. Uh, my name is Gar Nelson. I'm the owner and proprietor of the Garcade, a uh, brand new arcade opening July 1st in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. It's one of the suburbs just outside of Milwaukee. Interesting. I have a friend who's a, uh, a pilot. Uh, maybe we should just get him to fly us over there one time and we'll just, you know, it's probably just an hour flight, you know. We'll land and play some arcade games. There you go. With that plane going 40 miles an hour. Driving. Yeah. 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 That would be my dog. <laughs> First time she's been on the show. Down boy. It's a girl. Oh, it's a girl. I knew it. Her name is Aria. And she's seeing somebody come to the door. So I don't know who that is. It could be Christine, probably. So I'm just going to let her do her thing. But anyway, um, normally on the show, this this is about where we uh, uh, talk about our you know what's going on in, in the in the um, what do you call it um, in our lives, our daily lives. So, Mark, wh- with that, why don't you tell us what you're doing in the hobby today? In my daily life, I I just <laughs> put in some color LEDs. Do you hear some white noise? Is that me? I think that's Gar. Oh, okay. Right. It's better than a hum. Yeah, I put some color LEDs in my mousetrap I bought from Pinside. They're freaking awesome. Uh, I did button duty. I noticed that my joust had all the wrong buttons, so I bought some of those. And I took my turkey shoot gun apart. And I'm not going to put it back together until I'm done, and it works. That's it. That's your whole story? That's it. That's my whole thing. It's just basically controls. It's a control type of week. Uh, I'm playing Janet Jackson's control right now, actually, in my other ear. You are not. Yep. She's asking me if I'm nasty. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, moving on. Uh, Mark, uh, you, you um, that is, this, this says you did something with your mousetrap control panel. Yeah, that's the first thing I talked about. Uh, it was very cool. LEDs in it. I mean, they're a little washed. You know, the I had white lights in there, and, and it was, especially the blue button, it was really washed out. So I got colored LEDs. Sure. And they're amazing. Well, what I have to talk about is pretty brief, too. I um, finally got my basement floor done, and we haven't talked about what we've been doing for a long time. So continuing from a couple episodes back, I actually had to rip out all my carpet and put in all new flooring. And so it looks really great. And I had some friends over to play arcade games last week, and it was really fun. Did they say things like, man, your floor, it's so cool? No. No. They weren't even appreciative of it. It's pretty sad. Uh, but they love the games. The games. Yes, the games. Way easier to move games around now. I don't have them on carpet, which is good. So, Dan, what are you up to? Dan? Oh, uh, hi. <laughs> hi. Hi, pal. <laughs> hi, pal. <laughs> uh, I, went, I went home and... Uh, and um, <laughs> Cursed under my breath. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I don't know how we're gonna do the arcade news without Dan Reed. 
Maybe we should just try to do without Dan Reed. Or we could hop over to the back to the Cade and maybe he'll have joined. So here we go. That thing is horrid. It's yeah. horrid. I can't imagine people are using it, but whatever. It's the negative news with Dan Reed. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's really sinking in now. <laughs> <laughs> Via Rob Fennell of TouchArcade.com, news atmospheric arcade game Botheads is flying onto the App Store on July 6th. This is a new, apparently, Apple uh, game. So with so many games competing for your attention on dense catacombs of the App Store, the ability to a- assess a game with only the slightest glance is vital to... S- um, well, whatever, I'm just reading the article now. That's kind of bull. So anyway, they're saying Botheads is one of the, the most interesting titles right now, and they're calling it very arcade-related. To me, it looked a little bit like um, another Gravity game, but um, it has some almost like Sonic elements to it. So you uh, kind of float through caverns and then pick up things and all of a sudden you're bam just like a pinball you're like flying through this whole thing and it's only going to be a buck which probably means it'll have ads so who cares right entertainment weekly says r2d2 the droid used in many of the films of the star wars franchise uh was just sold at auction over the weekend uh for nearly three million dollars three a million That's a lot of money, man. dollars. This is definitely a droid somebody was looking for a complete r2d2 unit assembled from parts used throughout the filming of so i mean it's not even like it's, i don't know is it's like not even a real it's cobbled problem. together it's, it's cobbled like together head from this one ah. the body from that one see now i know why dan is so negative when he does the news we just call it the skeptical news so does it become a reproduction or is it a restoration at that point that's a good question <laughs> i mean it, it, it uh, I may have to call it a restore you know you know, like a lot of us were, were restoring games. Not the original base, but all the stuff inside is the same. <laughs> <laughs> I put I put uh, reproduction graphics on him from uh, this old game. Mm. You know, $2.76 million. Um, actually, yesterday it was sold for that. And I guess uh, Darth Vader's helmet went for a mere $96,000. So Bargain. Yeah. Was it melted? <laughs> no, it was like the regular helmet. Yeah, dark, nah, dark helmet. So uh, uh, via Sega Arcade, Sonic turned 26 this month. June 23rd officially marks Sonic the Hedgehog's 26th birthday. That's With awesome. his unique charm, energy, and charisma, Sonic is easily one of the most recognizable game characters in the world. Coinciding with his birthday, Sega has been launching a number of games over the years, and this year is no different as the company launches brand new sport, a brand new sports game, Sonic Baby Air Hockey, whatever the heck that is, especially designed for kids. He turned 26, so that means he's been able to rent a car for like a whole year. Yeah, and drink for like five years. Via RocketNews24.com, this news story is killer. Apparently there's a new VR volleyball game that adds a girl smell to the game. Yes, you heard me right. Girl smell. Originally started as a fighting game series, developer Koei Tecmo's Dead or Alive franchise has in recent years become more strongly associated with the Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball spinoff, in which um, (laughs) the cast of amply endowed martial arts frolic in the sand in skimpy uh, swimwear. It is simwear. Simwear, exactly. It's been somewhat controversial. Transition with detractors scoffing at the sort of only... (laughs) Sort of lonely individuals who would play a game like this. <laughs> this is making me laugh because 
I play uh, Extreme V Ball for the NES. What is it called? Um, is that the game you play when you're not wearing your pants? <laughs> oh. No, it's like two versus two, and you, it's like dudes. And oh. I think it's dudes. Oh. And you you pick your teams, and then it, uh, it's something spike volleyball. Um, dang it, what is it? Extreme spike volleyball. Anyway, it's for the NES. So I've been playing that a lot. But, you know, the girls come in, like, in between scenes and say, you got a point, you know. But in the newest iteration of this Dead or Alive Extreme, players won't just be able to look at the bikini-clad comp- competitors, but they'll be able to smell them, too. Koi Tecmo is getting into the virtual reality arcade game field with its virtual sense pods, and the company has announced that one of the first games for the new hardware setup will be Dead or Alive Extreme Sense. That's terrible. It's gross, man. It's disgusting. It is... It, it, I mean, it's, it is just... I don't know what smell I'm going to be here. No smelling. I mean, Gar, are you, are you looking for that? Uh, no, no. <laughs> I think we're going to have enough uh, interesting smells in the area here at the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. That's, I don't, never like, know. How do you define the smell of a woman? I mean, what are you going to do? Put perfume in there? I was kind of trying to figure out where they were going to uh, take their sample from, but like, I can't come up with a... Like pheromones. Answer. I was hoping it was just going to be sunscreen or something. I it, it, it is very odd. So there's a lot. Of, I'm getting a lot of noise here. Oh, 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 oh! Someone's jamming out. Brian's here. He, he is. Yeah, he's right there. Well, thanks. Thanks. Hi, Brian. This is the lamest intro ever. So the whole idea was to have him call in. Remember when I started, the, I said, he's going to bust in in the news. Oh, I'm going to make a phone ringing sound. But then you're like, oh, Brian's here. So well, that's what that noise is. I think is, we though. should just roll with that. Breaking news, Brian Armitage has joined the news for tonight. Welcome to the show. I wish I, uh, I, wish I could talk about buying a $3 million R2-D2. Yeah. What's going on? Were you calling us from the car? No, I, I'm in the shop, actually. Oh, now I know where the extra noise is coming from. <laughs> and actually, Brian is joining us because um, we have a very interesting news story tonight about his shop. <laughs> we should actually record us doing that voice. <clears throat> and then I will, I'll play it. <laughs> it's the background noise for Dan's news. <laughs> the second video after phone ringing sound effect is how older men regain glory. Is that any better? No. No, you still sound incredibly terrible. <laughs> uh, let's see. You're, you're very, you're very, um, it's like your mic is turned way too loud. Can you turn down your mic gain a little bit? I can do that. I think so. If not, you can just call us from your telephone. Using, yeah, the, using the hangout. Why don't you give a shout on your uh, cell phone using your hangout? I'll do that. Okay. It'll be a much much better connection. There we go. Finally got rid of that guy. Yeah. So, um, in the interest of figuring out which virtu- uh, V-ball here, it's Spike V-ball NES. Let's see what it's called. It's called Super Spike V-Ball. NES. Super great game. Super great. Super great. It's a four-player game, so if you have the four-tap, 
you can plug it in and, and play with four players. It's one of the few. What if you're by yourself? <laughs> On the no friendo? <laughs> the other four-player game that's really fun is Iron Ivan Stewart's Super Off-Road for NES. Oh. You can play that. That's, that's a good arcade port. Probably one of the best for the NES. Is that any better? Yeah, you like sound better. That's significantly better. But Gar has a big hum, so just ignore him. <laughs> it's, 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 hum. Hum. It hum. sounds a lot like the, uh, the Spy Hunter hum. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I better check my MCR. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Brian, you have some breaking news for us. What's going on? I, well, unfortunately, uh, we had a bought a covered trailer about four months ago to help with uh, getting down to events, going out to MGC, doing all sorts of kind of fun stuff like that. And uh, we uh, came into, actually one of our guys came into the shop this morning and called and said, asked uh, Susan and I if we had moved the trailer last night. And uh, the trailer is moved, but it was not moved by us. Somebody decided to help themselves to a uh, a nice uh, 6 by 12 covered trailer with a Wizard of War and um, two custom cabinets inside of it last night. So That's crappy. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, really, it's... <laughs> It's one of those things where you, you, you start to wonder, I mean, how desperate people are because we had the thing locked up with like three different locks had to be cut off or something done with in order to get the trailer out of here. Wow. Three games inside. There were, and that's, that's kind of the funny thing. So one of them is a Wizard of War, which isn't incredibly rare, but isn't a common game. And it had a graphics glitch. It basically, I mean, we, there's a couple of ROMs that needed, or a couple of chips that we just needed to reseat and one... I think one memory chip that had a problem, but not a big deal to fix. But if you don't really know what you're doing with games, not exactly the one you want. And we have pictures of the cabinet with all the wear marks and everything. So incredibly identifiable. And then the other two cabinets are the custom paradise arcade shop bar tops that we made that, that have our sticker, like adhered to the front of them with, you know, like vinyl graphics adhesive. Yeah. So I, it's going to be interesting to see what interesting to see what happens. I don't know what these guys think they're going to do. I think they just took a trailer. I'm hoping they open it up and say, "Ooh, let's try and sell the stuff and make some money." And so, one of the things we're asking the arcade community to tonight is to please keep your ears and your eyes peeled. Um, you know, and especially if you're looking on Facebook, uh, in the gallery, or any of the um, associated forums for arcade games and and or Craigslist, and if you see this thing, the Wizard of War, and, and a couple of the cocktail um, custom cocktails, which are beautiful, by the well, way. Actually, this this wasn't our cocktail. This was our bar top. Oh, the oh, the little uh, Darth Vader heads. Yeah, well, and it's these ones that we built that uh, have. They're, they're incredibly unique. So they have our new JAMA harness in them that is PCB-based. Oh. And they were one of our opportunities to test it. And then they have a USB to discrete converter. So what we used them for was at Combo Breaker down in Chicago, we had uh, Street Fighter II Turbo, Super Turbo playing, which is a kind of hard game to find. And uh, that they ran the largest uh, Super Street Fighter II Turbo tournament on original arcade hardware, so we had the original boards, we had CRTs running, and then the guys who compete could come and plug their fight stick in, and because of this USB to discrete converter, they could actually play the JAMA game with their PS4 or PS3 fight stick. That's awesome. 
um, and sucks that they're gone. So uh, what were you selling those for, roughly? <laughs> those, first of all, those we weren't selling, and we had people ask us. We told them we wouldn't let them go for less than two grand. Wow. They all they all have um, they all have rejuvenated, uh, rebuilt, tube swapped tubes in them. I mean, these were like showpiece pieces of equipment. I mean, it was like all the best stuff we have: Sanwa joysticks. I mean, everything was top of the line in each one of these they weren't cheap for us to make yeah that's terrible um so and we actually we made five two were stolen and we were supposed to bring four out to vegas in two weeks for uh exposition red bull's doing <laughs> wow so, so i had to call red bull today and tell them yep so we're gonna have three <laughs> hmm. how long does it take to put one of those together um there's no more parts we'd have to have the, the cabinets were custom done oh i see so, I mean, we could do it. Um, it's just the next two weeks are not, not the time to, right. to do that. And actually, the USB converters, there's only 10 of them that exist. Like, they were uh, run of 10 prototype boards. So and that, so, okay. there's two in each cabinet. So, four of them are in the ether. <laughs> They're wow. gone. <laughs> but, so, you have three left in the shop, or what? I do. I do. Um we're pretty excited about these. They're kind of fun. They're, they're a neat, they're a neat crossover between uh, classic arcades and the fighting game community. And what's been fun about these is that the fighting game community has completely latched onto them as this kind of fun way to do things. We're getting requests to take them to all sorts of different uh, competitions now. Uh, so it's kind of neat to see them embracing some of these older games. What kind of older games? I mean, all, all fighting games, um, but we had, so we had Street Fighter 2 Turbo working on there, running original Vampire uh, Saviors on there. Um, a lot of the Capcom uh, CPS2 systems, because we have a couple of Darksoft multi set up so we can throw things on there. We did have uh, Power Stone running on one. We had a Melty Blood uh, running on another one. Uh, but this new system, I won't get into it in too much detail, but um, the way it's set up, you could run pretty much any uh, game that has a JAMA-type connection. Uh, doesn't always have to be JAMA, because we have different boards that plug in, and is a horizontal monitor. So, like, uh, System 16 games you could play on there. Oh. Uh, you know, I mean, all sorts of different things. It's this new harness system we're working on that we'll, we'll probably release in the next couple of months. Treat. Um, that should be kind of fun. Makes it easy to wire, and you can use it for... A wide variety of games, but so yeah, what, what's your <laughs> yeah? So what's your message to the community? If people hear about a Wizard of War or two kind of odd bar tops, or they see a bar top with USB connections on it, um, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, there is a police report filed. Uh, we actually have been using doing a lot of direct messaging. We're trying to keep it off of Craigslist. We don't want people to say, "Hey, this stuff was stolen on Craigslist or on Facebook." Right. openly because I want these guys to try and sell this stuff. I mean, the, the things that are missing are extremely identifiable. Is there a number they can call if they do yeah. see something come up? Yes. Yeah. So if, if you have any information or you know anything about it, um, probably the easiest number to call is just to call the shop number, which is Susan's that's six, five, one, three, three, two, three, six, six, five. And I'll just say it one more time. Six, five, one, three, three, two, three, six, six, five. Perfect. 
and uh, give us the information. Uh, we have the numbers for the officers that are dealing with it. It's a $5,000 trailer, and it's not an inexpensive number of games. So, right. it's, you know, the, because of the monetary amount, it actually got bumped up several levels at the police uh, oh. station. It's getting some attention. And then the other thing is actually the trailer is a white aluminum single axle covered trailer. It's a 6 by 12 And it's very distinguished because um, one of our wonderful employees uh, pulled a little too close to the gas pump. (laughs) (laughs) And the driver's side fender has a nice big bang on it. And uh, it's kind of pulled off the front aspect of the trailer. But it literally is four months old. (laughs) If anybody has any information, we'd really love to get this stuff back. Uh, Those cabinets, as I said, were planned to go out to Vegas for an exposition in two weeks. And we'll make it work, but it would have been a lot easier and nicer to have them with us. Well, I'm re- we're really sorry this happened to you. It's, uh, Thank you. It's an off, well, you know, the, you know, the, I've, in the direct messaging and some of the communications that have been going out, one of the really neat things is uh, has been the response. I mean, everybody's been super supportive and, you know, hey, we'll do this and we'll look for this. And I know several guys in the state have Game Wanted ads. Mm-hmm. And every one of them has written back and said, if anybody gets in touch with me, I'll let you know right away. And I even stopped by Summit Amusements and told them and, Perfect. They suggested that they'll have the, the truck pull around back and come out with baseball bats and turn the cameras off. <laughs> oh, no. <Nice. laughs> yeah, you know, it's you don't want to offend anybody in the community. And that's one nice thing is that, you know, no matter your political views, no matter, you know, what your uh, religion is, whatever, all of us have one thing in common, and that is we love arcade games, we love the hobby, we love collecting, we love restoring, and we pour our heart and souls into these things. So, you know, when somebody in the community is offended, this is a serious thing. It's uh, an affront to not only you, but everybody in the community so we will definitely be keeping an eye out for you well i appreciate that and thanks for uh thanks for letting me call in and having me on yeah absolutely and, uh, I, I i gotta i gotta probably tune in for the rest of the show and hear all about the gar <laughs> awesome well and you've you've met gar before right i have uh we had the the pleasure of being next to him at uh, mgc and uh seeing a lot of his cabinets and I have a cabinet I'm supposed to get out to him at some point, and I'm incredibly delinquent with. No, nah, we're, we're okay, man. I knew you were going to be a little late on it. And, uh, losing the trailer makes the ex- explanation a whole lot more late. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm just, I'm just glad we didn't have that game in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Which game but, is going uh, on? Which game? I, well, we were going to, we, uh, we've got a couple extra battle zones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nice. So we're gonna we're gonna try and get a battle zone out to him, but it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, these those guys they're doing some really neat stuff, and it was you know I just spending the time uh, sitting next to him and chatting with him at MGC. I mean, it's uh, one thing that is really nice about this hobby is meeting good people and meeting people that are doing good things, and and you know he's he's both of those and. It's it's good to see uh, people pushing forward and making this stuff happen. No, I just want to say thanks, Brian. You know, we appreciate your support, and you know, we had just as much fun sitting and talking with you and watching your son come over and play the games. Uh, <laughs> he and my daughter are like besties now, so <laughs> it's very cool. Um, you know, and Brian, you're right, man. The, the people in this hobby are just some of the most stand-up, amazing people I've ever met. I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. 
um, without a lot of the guys locally that have volunteered time to come out and fix machines and paint walls. And I mean, it's unreal. It's funny because, you know, the, the ad goes up on Craigslist and we all circle like rabbit dogs. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, um, you know, it is a community. And one of the things I've noticed a lot more on Facebook, and I, and I really like this aspect of it, is when a game goes up and disappears, there's less complaining and there's a lot more, hey, who got this? Yeah. They're excited and it's for an each excitement other. about, you know, hey, like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like, I didn't get it, but I hope somebody here did. Who <laughs> got it? I want the story. And, and yeah. it's neat. It's neat to see that kind of coming out and becoming more prevalent because it makes it, it makes it a joy to be a part of. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for calling in, Brian. We'll keep our eye out and uh, go ahead and uh, listen to the rest of the show. We should be having some fun here. Hey, it sounds good. Take care, guys. Good talking to you. Thanks, man. Hey, take it easy, Brian. Yep. This is my phone hanging up, son. Click. <laughs> there he goes. All right. How about some? Um, how about we just uh, over to you, Dan? So, uh, uh, Mark. Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to the to cave, cave with with. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? All right. Uh, watch out for that door on the DeLorean. <clears throat> it's it, it opens up pretty low. <laughs> Joke. Sorry. I call you Dan, and now you you're just fumbling over the intro. I'm also clamped. I'm, <laughs> I'm also clamped. Oh my god. Man, I, I almost choked on a chicken nugget earlier. So oh, that's you're lucky, you're lucky I'm alive. I was all by myself at the house. It was great. <laughs> so hey, we're going back in time. It's going to be June 29th, 1980. So we're going back 17 years. Wow. That's a lot of years. Well, relatively speaking, it's not that many. It's not many years in the, in the arcadosphere. According to Tyson something, whatever. Um, <laughs> Tyson Jones. I forget the guy. Anyway, so yeah. Um, this month, uh, back then, uh, three arcade games were released, and I'm going to throw each one of these over to Gar to see uh, the, what's his opinion on, on these three. Uh, the first, King and Balloon, re- released by Namco, medieval-type Space Invaders game. Heard of it? No, that's a, that's a new one to me. It's a very strange game. I, I think it's on the 60-in-one board. It's probably one of those games that you're like, what's that? And then you don't play it. What else have we got? Cheeky Mouse, released by Universal Games. Cheeky I'm, Mouse? I think I've heard of it. Is he making up these? See? These are real. <laughs> um, okay, Napoleon. Okay, now this one. <laughs> Give me some sure of your tots. Of because this one you see on Craigslist all the time. Astro Invader, released by Stern. Uh, I didn't catch it. What was it? Astro Invader. Oh, yeah. Yep. So you know this game? Yes, that one I do know. Tell us a little bit about Astro Raider. That's a terrible name. Invader. Invader, like Space Invader. Invader. Like oh, Space Invader. Yep. I thought you said Raider. Astro Raider. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark on the brain. <laughs> I mean, really, the Cheeky Mouse game's fun because you, like, the mouse tries to come out of the wall and you have to hit it on the head with a, ma- uh, a hammer. It's great. So it's That's ba- entertaining. It's basically a whack the mole game? I mean, kind of. Seems weird. Everybody Google that after you listen to the entire podcast. <laughs> I know what 
I'm doing tonight. Nice. <laughs> You're gonna Google. Oh, oh, and you know, I brought this up. I brought this date up because um, Star Wars was mentioned in R2D2. So I figured, you know, Empire Strikes Back actually was the 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 movie at the box office crushing it. It was released in May 1980, but I didn't realize this. They had only put it in 126 theaters. Wow. And it and it expanded in June. Um, Gar, are you so young that you did not see uh, Empire at the theater? Tell me. I actually remember seeing Star Wars in the theater. Yeah, me too. Nice. A new hope. A, a new beginning. A new hope. Although, you know, they didn't have that A New Hope Episode 4 thing on until like the year two after. years later after yeah. they... That I didn't know. Yeah, I have a VHS bootleg that doesn't have it, so I thought something was wrong with my bootleg, actually. <laughs> I was like, this bootleg is incomplete. <laughs> When I left you, I was but to learn. Now I am the master. Right? Um, Only a master of evil, Darth. You know what? I'm building up to the music. The music? Was I talking over Adam? No, you're fine. Um, By the way, there wasn't much of anything on TV because it was the summer. And uh, the only thing I think that I have of note here is that the Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels cartoon had aired its last episode only a week earlier. Wow. Anybody here do a Captain Caveman impression? Captain Caveman! That's as good as I can do. I like how he spoke. better than I can do. Yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) I was always wondering, like, what was he wearing under there? Because it was that hair, and, like, he pulled things out of it, and it was very kind of strange. Let's just get to the music that was popular in the on the terrestrial radio of the day number five against the wind by bobby seeger whoa his name is bobby 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 seems like yesterday yeah seems like yesterday all right does actually i you know bob seeger is kind of a guilty pleasure of mine he's he's touring you should uh, see him later this year yeah. Total party, man. He's um, quite talented. I guess he, I'm he wrote a bunch of whole new, a uh, bunch of new stuff this year or last year or huh. the last ten years. I don't know. Cool. All right. Before we get uh, copyright infringement, <laughs> lay it on me. Number four. It's still rock and roll to me by Billy Joel. Yeah, I love the beginning of this song. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too One of his best songs, I think. I love it. Because it's not really another song that sounds like this. Yeah. I've actually seen Billy Joel at concert. What did you think? Uh, it's every bit as, um, as amazing as you would think it would be. Sweet. What, uh, what was your favorite track that he did? Jeez. Uh, I mean, you know... He's got Piano Man. There's so many great songs. It's uh, The whole concert was just one hit after another after another. We saw him out at Alpine. Um, so it was an open-air show, and uh, it, was a, it was a blast. Cool. It's definitely one of the highlights of my youth. Sweet. And, oh, so you saw him when he was young. Yeah, I, I probably saw him 20, 25 years ago. Wow. Cool. Hmm. What else you got for us, Mark? Uh, well... Number three, I know Dan would love this. I wish he was here. <laughs> the Rose by Bette Midler. I'm glad you jumped across it. <laughs> Some say love, it is a yeah. Um, 
So, I believe you're, she you're did this song. Rose story you're about to tell? What's that? Are you about to tell a story about the rose? Yeah. Oh, go for it. So, I, I believe she sang this song to Johnny Carson. Hmm. Uh, when she had her debut. On oh. his show. And, and he was the one that put her... He repeatedly put her on his show and made her famous. So, this song was from a movie too wasn't it or yeah it was called i think the rose there you go hence the name universal studios i think they had released 25 videotapes in 1980 and this was one of them and it was not one of my favorite no <clears throat> so um yeah uh funky town by lips incorporated what yeah you know where this band is from china minneapolis no yep they originally from Minneapolis. Minneapolis is a funky town. You got it. What are they talking about? This song was redone in like 1987 by Pseudo Echo. Also hit the top 10. I can remember that. Uh, I would listen to it at the pool underwater. <laughs> And the number one song, uh, also pretty good classic, coming up by Paul McCartney and the Wings. Another good intro. Don't listen to the horns. A little bit of guitar there. So it's kind of good that Dan's not here ridiculing the Beatles again. He'd be like, God, I hate it. <laughs> Just another Beatles song. Paul McCartney and the Chicken Wings. Coming up. Nice. That's that, good. That's it, huh? That's it. We're done with the uh, Back to the Cage segment. Oh my gosh, it's so soon. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Uh, that would bring us to Gar of the Garcade. Welcome to the show. Woo, what's happening, guys? <laughs> so, uh, give us a little bit of your origin story. Uh, where'd you grow up? How'd you get into arcades? Uh, well, let's see. I am a Milwaukee native myself. Haven't really left. Um... We had a lot of really good old arcades in the area back when I was a kid. We had Aladdin's Castle, and um, that was before Chuck E. Cheese was a run over. Uh, <laughs> and we, um, you know, so I grew up being able to just bicycle out to a bunch of arca- arcades and stuff as I was growing up. And, you know, and I kind of I forgot about it for years and years, uh, played a lot of consoles and things like that. And eventually um, got out of gaming, uh, video game style for a while, did the collectible card game stuff. Um, so I've got, you know, did RPGs a lot growing up. And um, since then, I got back into it about 10 or so years ago. Um, somebody told me they had a, a couple of arcade games, and I thought that was really cool. Like, you can actually do that. And at that point I was pretty much hooked and I needed something to occupy my time. 
So uh, I decided to start fixing old arcade games. And I mean, my background's in electrical engineering. So for me, it was more a hobby of fixing them than playing them. So I, um, you know, I did that and I've got two small children. Um, so we started going on road trips together and they would go on the game pickups and stuff with me and they'd get really, really excited. And then eventually I figured out it was more excited about the candy and the soda than it was going on the arcade game pickups. But, um, you know, you get to a point where you'll take anything you can get with your kids (laughs) (laughs) so uh you know and then eventually i had a you know a basement full of arcade games um that wound up expanding from my basement to including my two and a half car garage um once that was filled (laughs) then it was you can either stop or you can go commercial and we we decided what the heck we could do this on the side and open a place um it would allow me to keep buying games without my wife telling me i can't anymore because i have no room and uh so here we are with the garcade and you know we're opening july 1st um so we're getting ready getting ready to open uh early saturday morning 11 a.m uh we'll have stuff going on all day and just all sorts of different activities what kind of activities uh we have uh, Cosmotrons, which is a great, great oh. Yeah, the the, um, the game developers for Cosmotron, Shane and, and Dave, are coming out. They're going to be here on site. We're going to be doing some Cosmotron tournaments with their full-size arcade games. They're actually bringing two of them, the one that was at the Midwest Gaming Classic and a new smaller cabinet. Um, so we'll be doing a lot of free giveaways with that and tournaments and um, we're going to be firing off a signal cannon to signify the opening. Um, we are going to have Gamergy Energy Drink here on site doing um, free samples of their new product. They're a, a new energy drink company here out of Wisconsin. Uh, they're great. It's it's no harsh stimulants, no corn syrup, no aspartame. It's, uh, it, it doesn't hurt your teeth when you want to drink it. So mm-hmm. we're really excited to be carrying that here. As, I think as it's only like 40 calories a bottle or something. Yeah, it only 10 grams of sugar. So, I mean, it, it's safe for the kids. They're not going to be bouncing off the walls. It's, it's nice, long-lasting energy for, you know, the guys that want to be able to do the, the marathon gaming sessions. And it's a good uh, hangover gear. Vitamin B and electrolytes, it's actually really good. Yeah, it's really good. Lots of riboflavin. So, and they're from here in Wisconsin. So we're really excited to be able to um, really push a product that's semi-local to us. Very cool. So, um, tell us a little bit about the challenges you faced in putting up your space. Man, you know it's it it's been one hurdle after another. Um, I thought this would be a piece of cake, like walk in with a you know a lot of money in your pocket, and it would just magically appear. Um, it turned out to not be like that. We've um, gone through and done various stuff with the city to try to get uh, things figured out within the city ordinances, you know, going through everything from the conditional use process, which is a zoning thing where they will go through and zone your building for your type of business. Um, and we've had to go through occupancy and state approvals, reseller approvals, uh, so it's been it's been a lot of red tape, um, but 
I work for the local power company, so I'm familiar with red tape. Cool. I was going to ask you, what's your day job? My day job, I work in IT um, for the local uh, power company here. We, um, I do software packaging and distribution, so we do automated deployment of software rather than having a guy actually go and do the installations one machine at a time. And then um, I also build our corporate images and support um, 15 to 20,000 PCs. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty, you know, it's, it's a large company to take up a good portion of the Midwest. Um, and so that's what I do during the day. And then when I get off of work, I come here to the arcade and I putz with my machines and just keep telling myself I have a really, really cool game room. <laughs> yeah, so describe your, <laughs> for our listeners out there, describe your space a little bit. Sure, we, uh, we are in an old um, Dollar General space, so it's very, very wide open. We have 5,000 square feet here available on our gaming floor. Um, we currently have 70 machines on the floor, another four or five pinball machines. We've got um, linked up drivers and cockpits, a lot of classics. We try to keep things pre-2000 with the exception of the pinball machines. Um, eventually, we'll get newer ones. But since we have day jobs, you know, the thing is, is we don't, we don't have to worry about paying our own bills with this. The, the business can actually just continue to sink money back in to bring more and more classics out on the floor. And then we're doing the standard $15 wristband to get in. Um, everything's on free play. You can come and go as you please all day long. We've got a lot of great eateries here locally. In fact, right in our parking lot, we've got a couple. And it's fantastic. We're in a really good spot. We've got a gaming shop just a couple of doors down. So they do board games, collectible card games, and things like that. So uh, we've got a full bowling alley downstairs in the basement from us. Um, you know, so there's a lot to do in our area, and and the business here is really geared for um, family and you know for the pro style gamers. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about the licensing um, with the city. They came in and did some sort of evaluation. Do you actually have to license each and one of your games? So yeah, we um, with the municipality that we're in, um, we wind up paying a per machine tax. Um, we pay $25 a year per machine, um, which isn't bad. It, a lot of the municipalities around us are actually closer to $50. So we were really lucky. And then um, we're in a very up-and-coming, growing area. So we've got um, a lot of young people coming through, a lot of families. Uh, and we're right on the border of Milwaukee. So we get to actually pull from the nice, large What's your address? Our address here is North 85, West 15920, Appleton Avenue. That's Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Is that a vacation destination for July 4th, people? Uh, we will be open on July 4th. So to celebrate our grand opening, we wanted to take advantage of the holiday that was coming up as well. So we're doing... Um, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday will be open from 11 until midnight. And then uh, on July 4th, we will be open from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. so that people have something to do in between the 4th of July parades and the fireworks in the evening. 
Um, and it's a great thing to come out and do with a the family. There's stuff for everybody of every age. We've got pinball machines and arcade games and sit-down drivers. We have air hockey. Um, we actually have a, a gold standard air hockey table, which is like the best around. Um, and it's a very relaxing environment. We have um, you know, a nice cafe-style seating area where you can kind of sit and relax and enjoy a soda and a couple of snacks while you're here. And um, so it's a, it's meant to be a very casual, relaxing environment for everybody. So you're not selling any restaurant food, but you'll have snacks and pop. We will. We'll have yeah. We'll have um, you know, like I said, the Gamergy and energy drinks and soda pop, chips and candy. Um, we didn't want to do much as far as food or alcohol because, um, you know, with the alcohol being introduced, you kind of exclude a lot of the kids. Um, we didn't want to do that. And we, like I said, we have a, a bowling alley downstairs. So they have a full bar down there. And we have three or four eateries um, within a stone's throw of us, like literally walking distance. Um, so we didn't want to compete with them. You know, it was one of those things where it, the benefit of doing the wristband is that you can come and go as you please. You want to sure. go out and have a nice lunch um, and come back, you can. You're not limited to really bad bar food here in the arcade. <laughs> or you can go down and bowl and come back up and play some arcades. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Go down, play some board games um, at TK Games right down the road from us. And so it's it's great. You know, This area isn't necessarily just our arcade, um, but there's lots to do here, so you're not stuck doing just one thing. So your business model is is uh, the wristbands, essentially, and then any ancillary sales from snacks and pop and such. Um, yep, and that's, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, okay. You know, we do have a party room available, um, you know, for, it's pretty nominal. We do a $50 per hour fee on that, um, and then the normal $15 to get in. So, but if you know you want to have a private space where you can bring presents and not worry about it, um, with the party room, we do allow outside food to be brought in. So that's great. Um, so for the party room, do they rent the room and then they pay for wristbands as well? Yep. Yeah. It's the $50 per hour for the, the room itself. Um, and then $15 per person. We found that to be more cost effective for people than doing like $20 a person, you know, because if you've got 10 people or you've got 20 people, then the cost of the room changes and sure. the room is the same size. So yeah. we wanted to make sure that we were able to, you know, bring something out that's really affordable. You look at some of the other um, family sites right here in the area, and it's unbelievable what they charge for their party rooms. So where, where are you advertising mainly? We're doing a lot of our advertising through social media. Um Primarily through Facebook, we can be found on Facebook at facebook.com/backslash/thegarcade. Um, otherwise, we are in process of putting up our website right now, and um, we're starting to get a little more active on Twitter. So, oh, good, um, that's awesome. <clears throat> Tell us about the game lineup. We're doing primarily um, a lot of the classic games. Uh, things that you'll find in a lot of the old arcades that we remember from our youth. I mean, you know, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Gorf, Donkey Kong, uh, Crystal Castles. And, you know, then we're doing some of the more, little more modern stuff. So like San Francisco, Rush the Rocks, we've got a pair of those. Um, we're actually in the process of trying to get a couple more in here so we can get like four of them. Uh, to be linked up at all times. We are running a couple of different pinball machines. We've got a Star Wars Episode One. We've got a Gladiator's Pin from Gottlieb. 
uh, Williams Road Kings, and we have our very own custom Grand Theft Auto Vice City machine, which is um, a retheme of a Hollywood Heat from Gottlieb. <laughs> um, and it's, it's fantastic. It, the, the art package has been redone on it, um, and we are in process of doing a custom sound mod to it. So it'll oh, actually... Cool in the near future, be able to play the Grand Theft Auto sounds as well as have uh, controls on the front to be able to do the radio stations. Oh, that'd be cool. So you'll be able to pick a radio station while you're playing so it's got exactly what you want to hear on it. You know, speaking of picking your own radio station, do you have OutRun? We do. We have an OutRun and an OutRun Turbo. <clears throat> nice. So, yeah, we've got the, the little, brother and sister here ready to go. little magical sound shower. Yep. <laughs> yep, and we have a we have pole position cockpit, so you get the full effect of uh, the pole position with the the extra sound to it. And, nice. Um, that's fantastic. We're hoping to get a second one here very soon. Um, it's all going to be dependent on the boards. It's always dependent on the boards for those, <laughs> as so we all well know. How many games are in the arcade? Uh, right now, we have seventy arcade games on the floor and four pins. Seventy! Wow. Yep. What? Yeah. So, so that's what we're going to have at opening, and um, we expect to be well over a hundred within a year. Wow, that's crazy. What do you think is the uh, maximum capacity in your space? Um, I could easily fit four hundred games in here and still be able to move around very, very easily. Oh, nice. Um, a lot of the partitioning that we did within the space, we used um, cubicle wall of all things. Um, and the reason we did that was because it would be very easy to be modular. So if we got to a point where we needed more room for more games, we can just change around the walls a little bit. It makes it very easy. Cool. So I have a suggestion. Uh, if you want to subsidize your little space, you should buy an espresso machine. That's not a bad idea. We've actually thought about <laughs> doing coffee. I would actually like to do um, a coffee stand here where you'd actually be able to get a couple of different kinds of coffee, partly to be able to, to give to our patrons, but also um, to encourage the police presence. I mean, to be honest, uh, <laughs> you know, hey, you want to stop in for a cup of coffee? Stop in, here you go, and then they're out the door. But if nothing else, that, you know, that allows for us sure. to have a little extra presence here just to make sure everything stays okay and that we're in a safe location. I mean, Menominee Falls is great. We're literally a block away from the police department. Let me tell you what their response time is like. <laughs> well, 20 minutes later. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is a Milwaukee. <laughs> so you have 70 plus games and um, how do you plan on keeping them all running? Well, like I said, my background is in um, electrical engineering, and we have locally uh, an incredible, incredible uh, pool of collectors. And like I said, many of them have come out already to try to help um, get the machines up and running and help with preventative maintenance. But for us, the biggest thing isn't going to be necessarily can we keep it running. Um, our focus is going to be really to try to make it so that we do the preventative maintenance so that the game is always in tip-top condition and moving forward, it'll be ready to be on, you know, every single day. So that's going to be the big thing is we're going through and we're doing a lot of um, real reconditioning of the machines. Oh, that's good. So um, which games have you had the most problems with? Um, right now... 
probably, I'm trying to think what we've really got that we've had. The biggest problem that I can honestly say we've had isn't necessarily a game itself. Um, it's the challenge of getting the monitors ready to go and, and you know, ready to be on for 12 hours a day. You know, that's a lot of wear and tear. They give off a lot of heat. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, again, that comes back to that preventative maintenance, making sure that they've got, you know, fresh, discrete components inside so that they will last another 10, 15 years versus having one thing go take out five or six other things. <laughs> and then you're now you're hunting, you know, to try to figure out what's all been taken out. So, so you're not getting gonna... those before things break is, you know, definitely yeah. where we want to be. Bulletproof them. Absolutely, as much as we can. And um, I'm really fortunate. In fact, I have George Spanos here giving me a hand while I'm on arcade radio with you guys. He's working his magic on my machines. and uh, <laughs> It's unbelievable watching him work because it's just like from one machine to another, all of a sudden you see a sign of life and you're like, yay. Yeah, we, we didn't mention this. And thank you for uh, giving us this little exclusive interview before you go live on July 1st. But you are actually in the arcade right now. I am. I, I am live from the arcade. I'm sitting at the front <laughs> desk right now. Um, I have a feeling I will be living here for the next 48 hours. <laughs> That's so cool. It's got to hey, be super um, exciting. It is exciting. What uh, I know that you said 2,000 or you know pre 2,000 games, but how did you pick exactly what games went in? I mean, is it your entire collection, or how did that come into being? Um, really, it comes down to availability and affordability. Um, like I said, I brought a lot of these from my own personal collection at home. Um, so you've got a lot of really, really well-maintained classics. And then, um, you know, we've been looking and keeping an eye out for other classics and some of the weird, obscure stuff that you may not necessarily have, have played. I mean, like I'm looking at one right now, Dynamite Cop, and I had never heard of it. And <laughs> yeah. it, it's one of those games where, like, I started watching some gameplay video of it. I was like, this is pretty neat. I mean, you know, you've got kind of a, a mixture between a fighter and something that's more like a diehard where you've got, you know, a mission that you're trying to accomplish. And so you get this movement that, works in multiple directions you know it's it depth as well as width and um you know so we want to give people an opportunity to see machines that they may not have necessarily seen before um one of the things you're not going to see here is you're not going to see things like big buck hunters you're not going to see things like you know a lot of the really more modern um bar style games you know we're looking to avoid those sorts of things in part because we don't necessarily feel that they go along with our aesthetic. And on the same token, they have those down in the bowling alley downstairs. You know, if you, if you want to, you know, we don't want to compete with them. We don't want to have to have them go and pull their games out to try to figure out what they can put in. So, you know, we're trying to be very, uh, a good neighbor with the people that are around us and uh, respect their business and, you know, try and send people down to them and have them send people up to us. That's so. great. I'm looking at Dynamite Cop right now, the gameplay on YouTube. And um, incidentally, it was released for the Dreamcast too. So if any of you have Dreamcasts out there, you can actually get it at home. 
<clears throat> I have I have two consoles sitting in the closet. I might actually try to dig this up. And with the lax uh, copy protection on Dreamcast games, I'm sure I can find an ISO. But <laughs> at any rate, um, <laughs> I wonder if it's really, a RetroPie. Really, really interesting gameplay. And that probably RetroPie. Uh, I don't know if it run very well. It's a 3D um, sort of. Um, it looks like a, a 3D um, first-person shooter. But then when you're running through, you you end up. Uh, encountering alien or um, uh, enemies, and then you can um, fight them like you would in like Mortal Kombat. So it's oh. uh, it's and then it's almost yeah. The fighting's almost got more of like a Virtua Fighter type feel to it. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, very very interesting gameplay on that. It is. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, how many arcades have you seen that in? <laughs> I've never seen one. And it's actually got quite beautiful graphics. I'm impressed. It is. It's very aesthetically pleasing. We've got it on a nice big 25-inch monitor. So, oh, I mean, cool. it is literally huge in front of your face and a nice cabinet. Um, so, and like I said, everything we're trying to get everything working just as nice as humanly possible for us. The games working and working properly is our number one priority. Right. I mean, I am waiting for Cheeky Mouse to show up, but uh, that's okay. What, <laughs> uh, you know, what on average did you end up paying for the games that you had to go out and purchase? A lot of them we've gotten very, very cheap. I was surprised. Um, even recently, I've seen. It seems like. Unless you want one of those super big A-list games that really can't be emulated properly in MAME, um, you know, those things are going through the roof as far as prices. They'll be like Paperboys and Trons and 720s. And, you know, so getting stuff like that has become a, a bigger challenge. Um, but a lot of the games that we found here, you know, we've been able to get pretty affordably for, you know, less than $500 and then, um, a lot of times we get them broken and then we start the arduous task of getting them running and then bulletproofing them and getting them so that they're going to be stable. That's awesome. What, what was the least expensive game that you uh, picked up for the, uh, uh, your podcast community is going to hate me. <laughs> I, I was fortunate enough to get a $25 Robotron that was fully restored. Ew, uh, what? How does that I'm even happen? Kidding. Like brand new stenciled side art, brand new control panel overlay, like top to bottom, just jaw dropping. And it was this weird little auction site that I came across. And it was a farm auction that had like 400 items and all of them were farm related except this one arcade game. And I sat and I watched it for a month. And as it turned out, the auction was the day of the Super Bowl, and I had 25 arcade collectors coming over to my house. So I'm sitting here watching the arcade auction online, prepping food with my wife, um, getting ready for like 25 people to come over to our house, doing that mad dash. And um, I couldn't believe it. Like my wife and I were high-fiving and jumping up and down in the the kitchen. (laughs) We were like, you've got to be kidding me. This did not just happen. Um, but we've had a lot of really, really good scores that we've gotten really reasonable. I mean, I got a home use only Asteroids Deluxe at one point um, that it needed a little bit of work, but I got it for free. And it, I mean, it was beautiful. Um, you know, the nicest side art I've ever seen and no major dicks, dings or anything like that in it. And um, so we've been really fortunate. We've had a ton of games come through. 
that once we were able to either iron out some minor board issues or monitor issues, um, we've gotten some really nice, attractive cabinets. Hmm. What's the what's the most expensive game that you got in there? Um, it, that would probably be closer to one of the pins. You yeah, know, you get into like a Star Wars Episode One. That's a good twenty five hundred dollar machine. Oh, love that! I love that. That's great. If you can get past the Jar Jar Binks. They, they should uh, have like a no Jar Jar Binks <laughs> mode, you know. <laughs> I about that. Oh my it's a, it's not bad, you know. I, I I joke around about it. I don't mind it. My kids love it. Like, you know, it's part of it's part of the canon. It's part of the history at this point. And while he's annoying, um, you know, there seems to be a lot of TV shows that we love that have that one annoying character. So I, I kind of give him a pass on that one. <laughs> you need to watch the movie again. <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been a really long time. Misa ruined the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jar Jar. Oh, yeah, it's another Star Wars filled episode, you know? See, the thing is, we all blame Jar Jar Binks. The reality is, is we need to blame George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. No, there's so much more wrong with those films than just Jar Jar. I mean,. Uh, we, we were just talking about it uh, this afternoon. Well, they created more issues when they started going back and, you know, touching things up and adding additional scenes and trying to explain things. <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, you, you go back to the whole who shot first, Han or Greedo. Yeah. Um, depends on which version you watch. Right. Yeah, I don't watch the, the remakes. I still have my uh, army... Uh, Despecialized editions. So I still have my VHS bootleg. If you're interested, yeah. Is it like in four by three, so you can watch four by three? And it obviously looks like it was copied. It's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. <laughs> it's like it no ability to fix the tracking on it, right? <laughs> well, it, it's a wild ride from start to finish. <laughs> That's all. Which VCR in the middle of there? You know. <laughs> But uh, it sounds back, like in, back in 1980, you know, it didn't even get released on videotape until 1984 or 83 or something. It was quite a, yeah, quite a long time before they put it out in VHS. And you have it on a well, you've got a cam copy from a tube I, TV. Uh, I think somebody, <laughs> I think somebody used equipment at a TV station because it 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 had. You know, it was sort of done in the same quality that late night TV movies used to be. <laughs> yep. It was definitely, you know, not somebody pointing a VCR, I mean, a cam recorder at a screen or anything. So weird. Do you have any other Star Wars games in your cade? We do. We have a Star Wars trilogy. And what's your opinion on that game? Uh, it's fun. You know, it's, it's, it's updated from the original... Um, and it's got a lot more gameplay to it, but it's more modern. You know, you would expect to have a little more gameplay to it than the original, like, Vector. And, I mean, trust me, I would kill to have an original Vector um, with the ESP kit. That would be really cool. Um, but, that, again, that's another one of those where it doesn't emulate well in MAME, and so it turns into a $2,500 machine. Sure. Right. Yeah, and do you have any Vectors in besides, uh, let's say you said Asteroids Deluxe? Yeah, we've got Asteroids, Asteroids Deluxe, we've got a Tempest, and uh, if Brian ever makes it down here, we'll have a battle zone. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you going with the, the true vector, or are you going to have the LCD one that he has? No, we're going to be doing the, we're going to try to maintain the true vectors. Sweet. The true arcade experience. 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, we uh, we try to avoid LCD screens at all possible here. There's some games that do really well with it. Um, eventually, the the Rush of the Rocks will have them. Um, but for the most part, most of the upright machines, we do want to try to keep the CRT experience as much as possible. So do you have any advice for people that are trying to start up uh, an arcade like this? Don't do it in Milwaukee. <laughs> Stay out of my town. <laughs> you know, we did it um, the way that we did it. We did it very grassroots. I mean, uh, my wife, myself, and my business partner Tim, we uh, we basically took a small amount of savings from each of us, and we threw it together, and we said, "Okay, what do we think we can do with this?" And um, you know, the big the one thing that I really I tell my kids every single day is the hardest thing that you'll ever do is get started. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, I spent two, three years putting together a business plan and, and writing everything out. And it's a really nice idea in theory, um, but practically you know, you're going to get hit with so many different things from so many different directions. Um, entrepreneurship is very difficult for anybody. Uh, you just it, trying to juggle all of the various things. It can be very difficult, but it's also very rewarding. And, um, you know, the biggest thing that I tell people is if you really, really want to do it, do it. You know, don't let anybody hold you back. You don't have to do it as big as we're trying to do it. You don't have to be the next Galloping Ghost. You, you know, you can just, uh, you do your own thing. And people will come and people will support you. And you just kind of go from there. And you feel it out. And you figure out what works and what doesn't. And, um, you know, that's kind of how life is in general. Right. I, I think that... Um It'd be fun to talk to you again in six months to see how things are going. <clears throat> and um, and uh, we're going to send as many people as we can uh, that we know in the Milwaukee and Wisconsin area over to the Garcade because I'm not, I actually was kind of thinking about this before the show, too. You're almost like a, a mini fun spot there because you're kind of in a – Menominee Falls is probably a, a vacation destination for people. Um, yep. And so Absolutely. July 4th week is good – probably be relatively busy for you um hopefully you know where you have folks that are just you know like ah i'm done fishing for the afternoon let's go down to you know let's go over here and see what oh there's an arcade here let's go in there you know so um leave the walleye in the trunk exactly right (laughs) leave the walleye in the trunk and play a few uh games of pod racer or something so you know just that kind of thing it's got to be uh kind of um kind of an interesting thing you know because you're almost touting yourselves as a museum as well we are you know we we like to look at ourselves as kind of a hands-on museum something where you don't just get to go and look at things but you can actually sit and play and touch and do um and you know that's really important that that physical tactile it makes all the difference in the world you know i talk to guys that sit and play in arcades and stuff and they'll tell you the the arcade controls just aren't the same as console controls um especially when you get into some of the specialty stuff so you know having that first person and then you know the socialization aspect of it 
you know, it, getting out and finding people that have the same passions and enjoy the same things you do. You know, we'll be doing all sorts of stuff with air hockey tournaments and trying to work with the local um, fighter scene and the local shoot 'em up scene and um, trying to engage them more and find out, you know, what do you really want? What would you like to see here? And, uh, you know, try to do some of that. In fact, I'm working with Brian on that right now, um, trying to get some fighter stuff put together so we can have a nice dark soft kit here and have, um, you know, the availability that those kind of guys really, really want. Yeah, bring in the tournaments. It'll be a, I mean, and uh, somebody just released uh, recently some tournament, online tournament software that you can use uh, freely. Um, I th- yeah, is a uh, Griffith stuff over at Arcade Icons. Yeah, Arcade Icons, and it, and it's um you could you could fire that up on a like a fifty five inch screen or whatever, and drop in fifty of the games or ten of the games for the night, you know. And ha- yeah, we're actually we're all signed up with Arcade Icons already. We're um, we're exploring that route. We're also working with Doc Mac at, to get everything set up here so that we can be ready to do world record attempts with that'll be certified through Arcade. Sweet. Yeah, I noticed yeah. I noticed Arcade, and that's uh, for the listeners A U R, Cade, right? Uh, yep. And they're an, um, sort of an alternative scorekeeping site to Twin Galaxies. Yeah, you know, it's really unfortunate. Twin Galaxies, they've done so much for so many years now. And uh, over the last couple of years, they've kind of almost gotten burned out. You know, it's difficult to keep up with all the submissions and everything. And um, Doc Max trying to give us an alternative that's going to have the same um, attention put forth to detail that Walter Day did with uh, Twin Galaxies. Yeah, that's actually really cool. So what do you think your first tournament is going to be? Cosmotrons. Oh, my gosh. I love the game so much. We we even have trophies and giveaway items for the guys that get involved in the tournament. So I'm hoping lots of people will be out and get really excited for that because Cosmotrons will be here. They will only be here one day. I couldn't convince them to stay longer. So, <laughs> Which is sad because uh, they got to bring all that stuff in and then bring it out. They do. They're, well, they're in process of doing a big summer-long tour. So if you haven't checked out Cosmotrons, be sure to check them out. Um, they're on Facebook as well under, as Cosmotrons, and the gameplay is available on Steam. Um, it's yep. fantastic. You can also download the <clears throat> alpha or beta from their website. So Yep. Which I, I did, and, and it's it's pretty much exactly how I remember playing it at MGC, so it'll give you a very good feel for the game. And it's, again, a very awesome, competitive, gravity-based game. So um, It really encourages multiplayer play, which is something that we really value here. So uh, what's that? Is it oh, what's the name of that new game? Killer Bees or... Um, Killer Queen? Killer Queen. Yeah, so yes. Killer Queen, are you going to have one of those? No, not yet. We, we uh, my my business partner is begging for one. So it's something that we would like to get on site because we, you know, we're very, we'd like to do a lot of tournaments. Um, that game is really, really good to be able to run tournaments out of both on site and remotely. So that's something that we would like to eventually get in here. That's, um, that's one that's real high on our, our watch list for something that's a little newer. The problem with that game and it, it, just to reiterate, it's uh, killer queen queen is, um, uh, basically a 10 player arcade strategy game two cabinets yep that are joined at the hip 
Yeah, they are. And yep. uh, and you can hook up multiple monitors to display it up, up top and whatever else too. But it's um, it roughly runs between twelve and fourteen hundred dollars. I'm twelve and fourteen thousand dollars. Thousand, yeah. So you're talking like two uh, new pinballs worth. Yeah, yeah. So you'd have to like sell a few games <laughs> to get it in there, or a car. It's a big draw. No, we're hoping for a lot of people to come through, and then that money can be rolled back into eventually picking one up. Are you going to offer like free Wi-Fi too, or? We do. We have um, free guest Wi-Fi here. Sweet. So we'll have that available, and well, it is available already. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, for those that want to try out arcade icons on their own, they can create their own tournaments while they're there. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, if if, um, if they do decide to go that route, we're definitely willing to work with people to try to um, get as much interest oh. behind those tournaments as possible. It'd be really interesting to set up a few computers in kiosk mode and let people actually create their own tournaments Yep. Uh, you know, like it, w- it would be really cool if there was a way to, you know, drag and drop the the games you want to do a tournament on, and then just, you know, do you could just do it on the fly while you're there. Yeah, I mean, even if worse comes to worse, if people want to come in and organize their own tournaments, you know, we can take care of uh, getting the tournament stuff put together on the arcade icons on their behalf while they're getting people ready to play. Well, I've thought of really uh, a few great ideas for my arcade that I'm going to open in Milwaukee soon. Hey, now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so where can we see some awesome pictures of your space? Uh, Best place to check this out is on Facebook. There is a ton of content out there, Um, not just our own personal content, but we do also uh, share stuff on other arcades and uh, arcade games and video game-related content. So give us a like, give us a follow. Absolutely. Well, and and I just want to thank you for being on the show and, um, you know, being our guest for tonight. I'm sorry, Mark can join us, but maybe she can the next time. Absolutely. Yeah. She, uh, she needed to take the kids home. We have a, uh, another, um, press deal going on between five and seven tomorrow morning. Oh, good. Um, We'll be on on the local news. So uh, the kids are going to be here playing video games because they want to be on TV. Oh, awesome. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) What a great experience you're providing, too, for not only adults to come and reminisce and and sort of treat it as an on-hands, you know, museum, but you're giving, which is what I love about my home arcade, when I have... uh, our annual party we um from four to eight it's kids and um their parents and so a lot of these kids have never put a coin in an arcade before and an arcade machine you know so or pinball uh so you're providing i think you're doing a service you're kind of um passing on passing the torch so to speak yeah you know we even with while we've been closed and while we've been working here Um, we've actually had a bunch of the teenagers that have been walking by and they'll come in and they'll put their head up against the glass and they'll be looking in and we wave them on in, you know, it's like, Hey, come on in, look around, see what's going on. And we answer their questions and, um, we're really friendly to kids, to adults. Um, my kids are here all the time. I have a, an eight year old and a 12 year old. And so for us, it was very important to make sure that we were staying kid friendly. Totally understand. So hey, I have a quick question. Uh, everything's on free play. Is that does that cover every game, or is there a couple games where you're going to have to like load up some credits? I think the um, currently the only thing that we have in house that 
is not on free play is we have one small um, crane plush. Oh. And so we do have that. My kids were insisting that it would be here. Okay. Sweet. Well, and you need to have that pay for itself so you could buy some more plushes. Yeah, and you know, it's we're keeping it. That'll be in the um, in the food and drink area, so you've got something to do while you're having your soda. And, sure. Um, I think we're actually going to have a mega touch in there as well, and so you know, you're not going to be totally alienated from being able to play games at least. <laughs> cool. What kinds of things are you selling besides uh, uh, besides refreshments? You going to have any like memorabilia or anything like T-shirts or? We do. We've got T-shirts. We've got bumper stickers. Um, we did some really great support local arcades bumper stickers, keychains. You know, there's all sorts of stuff. <laughs> you know, we're always putting more swag together. The um, Garcade so. branding is in full effect. It is absolutely. Well, you guys saw the pencils and stuff that we were giving out at MGC. We had color changing pencils. Those were a blast. <laughs> Yeah, those were cool. So, so, yeah, we do. I mean, we try to do a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, we've got free pins here. And um, so there's tons and tons and tons at all different price ranges from free to, um, you know, we've even got like T-shirt specials for 10 bucks a piece. So you got to get some um, redemption games in there and get some tickets going. No. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, you want that? You can go to Dave and Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, yeah, true, true. <laughs> well, uh, I just want to thank you for being our guest again. Um, give us uh, give us the address of the Garcade uh, one more time, and um, I think we'll close out with that. Huh? Fantastic! It is the Garcade. Uh, www.facebook.com backslash the Garcade, all one word. Uh, our address here is North eighty five West one five nine two zero Appleton Avenue. That's Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. Five three zero five one. Awesome. Thanks again for listening in. This has been Arcade Radio, the double R's. That's arcaderadio.com. And you can uh, email us at react at arcade radio. Follow us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. And give us a call on the game line, 612-548-GAME. That's it for tonight, guys. Mark, are you dancing? The game line. Does that mean that people could call? The game line? Yeah. Wait a second. Do we have any callers? Oh, boy. This is going to be one of those Easter eggs, isn't it? Yeah, like uh, like at the end of the movie when you leave, and then you, know, you throw your popcorn in the trash can, and then you can hear the movie comes back on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we have a call. We have a voicemail? Yeah, let me check it out. Hey there, Arcade Ratio Mathletes. It's your frequent caller, lovable, and low subscriber having YouTuber, Bob Zarzadek. I'm wishing y'all a, an early happy July 4th weekend here. Uh, you know, every July 4th, I climb the roof of my house and I do laps up there. You know, a wise man once said, a roof that doesn't get run on is a wasted roof. <laughs> anyway, uh, that reminded me about your guests from the Garcade. Uh, uh, don't ask me how it reminded me. Just, just go with it here. All right. So, so Garcade uh, people, uh, will there be a special area for the Garfield enthusiasts? Or do we have to, you know, just like enthuse about the funniest cat in the world just wherever? 
All right. All right. Okay. So I'll, I'll hang up and listen to your response in two days. Happy July Fourth. Oh. deck out. I think Bob's probably going to be pissed that we didn't play his call until the end. Jeez, is Gar still here? Gar is still here. Well, what do you have to say to that? Well, I'm a huge Garfield fan. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I grew up reading the comic books. I loved it. Uh, we we will have a dedicated Gar Garfield section just for the caller. Oh, just for Bob. If he comes up here, Bob comes up here. I will make sure he will have a dedicated Garfield section. And not many people know this, but I'm really, really, really good at drawing Odie. <laughs> nice, nice. I used to draw I'll, Garfield. I'll give, him a, I'll give him an OD drawing and I'll sign it. <laughs> so tell him to get up here. <laughs> Bob Zarzadek, if you're listening, we expect to hear you next week. Please come out there, Bobby. Speaking of which, if anybody's still listening, we are not on the air next week. We will be picking up the week after July 4th on a Thursday. So listen in then. Until then, um, I think we're just going to punch the button and go off the air. You know. All right. So hey, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks again for taking your time. Yeah, perf- it was it was a fun time. We we um we were looking forward to talking to you. You know, it's interesting. You're the first arcade owner that we've had on. That uh, seems surprising. Well, it, you know, we've had people that have worked in the arcades. We have Brian, who's you know supplies parts. Right. We, we've had people that supply art for the games. You know, we had. Jerry Buckner on last week, which was awesome. Who makes music for the games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we had, um, you know, so we're hoping to keep doing that. 